Welcome to the Sports and Torts podcast and its presentation of college football's last call. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, the boys bring you their thoughts on this week in college football. What is up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to College Football's Last Call, presented by Sports and Tort, powered by the J. Stein Law Firm. A uh, couple different ways to follow us along now. Um, of course, you can do it via podcast, a Sports and Torch podcast. That's awesome. But you can now find us on the YouTubes, as they say, at the J. Stein Law Firm YouTube page. You can follow along with our beautiful faces. My man, Jason Gans, updated his camera. Now you can see him live in living color. So however you're enjoying this, uh, we appreciate appreciate y'all being here with us. Um, three weeks of the season come and gone, and there is one word, I think, that kind of sums up what we've seen in this first three weeks. Lawrence, what is that word? What are we seeing? I think the word you're looking for is parity. And the reason is we are now 25% of our way through the season, and after uh, the Georgia South Carolina game this past weekend, there was a lot of uh, a lot of dog fans were wringing their hands and cursing Mike Bobo and, and saying that we're just they were ready to bury this team. Um, and yes, the first half wasn't great, um, but if you take a step back, we are replacing what fourteen NFL draft picks. We're breaking in a new quarterback. The Jay Stein law firm injury list is long and distinguished. Um, but dog fans, there's nothing to worry about yet because Johnson, I could, I had to, (laughs) there's nothing to worry about because this team is going to gel and we're going to be good. And there are no juggernauts out there just yet. Uh, because whether it's because of the transfer portal or NIL, there seems to be a lot more balance in the college football universe this year than in years past. Jason, welcome to the show. How are we doing tonight? I noticed the uh, lobster Cherokee cup you're drinking out of, the back-to-back yeah. National Championship sweatshirt you're rocking. Dude, you were looking good. You were on it. How are we feeling? Yeah, you know, I, I'm actually feeling a little bit uncomfortable. I'm in a different layer today. I've got an external camera um, and a spotlight on me uh, in, in my dungeon. Uh, so I'm, if I'm a little off my game today, I apologize. But I did pick up on the J- Jermaine Dumas shots, and it took me an extra second. Normally, I would have been all over that one. Uh yeah, parity is probably a good word. Uh, we, we there's not a dominant dominant team like there has been in years past. There really, even to take it a step further, there's probably not a dominant conference right now. Um, we're so used to the SEC just absolutely running roughshod over everybody, and, and that's certainly not the case. I think we previewed that in, in the season opener. Um, Big Ten doesn't look particularly dominant. We, you know, on one of our group chats, we posited it to to the team. Who's the best conference? And there was no consensus among anyone. So um, I, I don't know if it's parody, if it's just some bad play. If people haven't hit their groove yet, uh, it could be any of those. Game on Saturday, South Carolina, obviously the tale of two halves. Started out really slow, finished strong. Uh, Lawrence, I kind of agree with you. Like I would tell Dogs fans to just chill out. Chill the F out. Things are going to be fine. Uh, we're number one in the country. 63 of 65 coaches felt that way. Our guess is what that Michigan's coach and Ohio State's voted for themselves, um, which is lame. But uh, chill out, people. It's fine. Carson Beck's going to be fine. He didn't look great, but I think that when he finally kind of, t- you know, took the governor off a little bit, finally threw the ball downfield, trusted his receivers, it was a whole different thing. Um, the word that Kirby used was what resiliency, adversity, like coming through that. I think that's huge. I think that 
getting that test early on in the season, getting the blood pumping for these guys, making them have to, you know, come out with backs against the wall, like it's only going to help us, right? So let I'm good. We got out of the way. Coach Swag had a great game plan. He came out first drive, did his thing. Um, Spencer Rattler, probably the best quarterback we'll see in the conference. He looked really good. Um, it's a good win. One by 10 points. Move on. I'm, I'm very happy. Yeah. Cre- credit where credit is due. I, I thought Spencer Rattler played a great first half. Once we dialed up the pressure a little bit, we locked him down. He was uh, 16 of 18 in the first half. He was 6 of 24 in the second half. So once we started to pressure him a little bit, got him off his game. And also that wide receiver, Leggett, uh, that's how you pronounce it, was really good too. And uh, Kamari Lassiter shut him down in the second half as well. He had 68 yards in the first half and three in the second half. Um, I agree wholeheartedly. We're going to be good. If I had to sit here today and say that there's three things that concern me about this team, one is right now is uh, Beck almost reminds me a little bit about uh, like when Stetson took over for JTD and he was constantly looking over his shoulder. He's almost afraid to just let it loose. He's checking down, but once he started to open things up, look downfield in the second half, and he seemed to be more comfortable, the offense started to really flow. I think right now he's playing a little nervous, um, which he's just got he's just got to play. It's his job. He's got to go. Number two, the injury report. I mean, it is, like I said uh, a few minutes ago, long and distinguished, Gans. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, these guys are going to heal, but we got to figure out are we going to, obviously, we're going to get through UAB. And then we got Auburn, Kentucky before Florida, I believe. Um, and hopefully we'll be healthy by the time we get down to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And then, quite frankly, my biggest concern with the team right now is our kicker. Um, we can't be missing chip shots uh, inside 35, 30 yards and expect to win another national championship. So that, that to me, is my biggest concern right now. Everything else, I think, will round into form. Yeah, tough to follow Larry's six-packs, uh, but I'll, I'll go with the good bad. <laughs> he just stole it all, huh? Took it all. I'm just here to look pretty and, and drop in Jermaine Dumas Johnson jokes. Um, good. You, you got the victory, right? Um Second half, they look great. 21 nothing in the second half. Dominant. I think it's what everybody expected the whole game. Um, the other thing, and, and we haven't mentioned it, I don't know, what are we, five minutes in here? Dejon Edwards. How good did Dejon Edwards look? I mean, w- what a lightning bolt to the offense. So good to have him back. He looks like a legitimate NFL running back right now. None of us would have said that two years ago. He was an afterthought. He was fourth quarter mop-up duty. The guy is... His performance on Saturday was all SEC worthy. Uh, the bad, the first half, we can't dig ourselves in holes like that. Rewatching the game a few times, it wasn't as bad as it looked live. There were a few things that you clean up, and South Carolina scores three points in the first half. Uh, third and 16, for instance, uh, they, they run that that sort of tunnel screen. We sell out on the blitz. There was a massive hold. Yeah, there was a massive hold. There were massive holds all game. Uh, I'm not even going to get into to sort of the zebras. Uh, but you stop that, they kick a field goal. Maybe they miss. I don't know. Um, uh, our kicking is is definitely part of the bad. That's got to get cleaned up. But to Kirby's point, we, we don't want to kick field goals in the red zone. If he misses a 55-yarder, so be it, right? Uh, unless you're Mizzou's kicker, and props to him. The ugly and Lawrence touched on it is just the injury report. Ameri- losing Amarius Mams for you know four to six weeks, it's a high ankle sprain. That's not great. Losing um, Rob Burgundy, not great. Even though Dejan looks fantastic, I, I really don't want him to have twenty five carries a game. Uh, so that's kind of where my head's at. Uh, uh, I'll add a bonus, like like Larry likes to do. Carson Beck again in real time. Uh, the first half, I was frustrated with him. 
going back and watching it again. Um, look, he's checked down Charlie in the first half. I agree with Lawrence. He needs to let it rip a little bit. I, I think in the back of his mind, he's a first-time starter. He's afraid he throws that pick across the middle, and and Bobo and Kirby are going to sit him down, and, and he's not going to get back into the, in the game again. He needs to get through that mindset, uh, let it rip, be a gunslinger. I hope he does that. I hope he throws the ball 35 times on Saturday. And I don't care if he throws a, an interception 40 yards down the field into double coverage. It's like a punt. Get it out of your system. You know, get it out of your system. He, he threw a great deep. He threw a great deep ball the other day. In the second half, that passed to Ra Ra Thomas, who, by the way, great to see Ra Ra Thomas come out. Um, he, he throws a really nice ball, and then he just missed a couple of open receivers early in the game. Uh, he had Dylan Bell, by the way, who's our next best running back. I agree. Um, he missed Dylan Bell wide open on the first play of the game, and then on that flea flicker, which I like the play design. Uh, he went for Bowers, who was kind of the intermediate route, but he had Rosemary Jackson like wide open if he just let it loose. So, so yeah. all great points y'all are making. I am a little surprised that number thirteen, Mikel Williams, hasn't made mentioned yet. Maybe y'all didn't. I just didn't hear you. That dude's a beef. He is next level. We mentioned him, top ten player in the country. He is as advertised. He was taking up rent in the backfield all day long. He was disrupting. What I loved about him, too, is there was one play where he had that clean shot on Rat on Spencer Rattler. Rat let go of it. He he, he stopped. Yeah. He pulled up, which which is just great discipline. It's great. It you know, shows that he's, he's, he's savvy. Uh, he's a beast. Lasher was a beast. Stark's a beast. I mean, the defense, I mean, you know, we gave up 14 points. I'll give credit to South Carolina on the first seven. Like they scripted the the, the play, they did it. The last seven, at the beginning of the ha- end of the half, excuse me, those are always kind of quirky, wacky things. Yeah. Is it hurry up? Is it not? Um, you haven't mentioned Kendall Milton yet either. Dude is is also you know he's hurt again. He makes a Jason injury report in perpetuity. It seems like uh, Cash Money Jones was second RB off the bench for carries in the first quarter. Which, by the way. Good for him. I mean, he did great. Big touchdown run. But um, gosh, thank goodness we got Dejan back. And he's unfortunately Gans. I think they have a lot of a lot of a load this year to have to carry. Yeah. So I don't mean to um pile on Kendall Milton. I say this every week. The problem with him again after rewatching it, he, he's injured and he's, you know, he's he's playing dinged up. So I'll give him a little um levity there. He can't make that first guy miss. He gets the ball in the backfield. If they get penetration, he never makes that first guy miss. Dejan, and I said this to a few people, and this is some high praise, but he reminded me on Saturday of Le'Veon Bell. And I'm not saying he's an all-pro player, but what I mean by that is he always made the first guy miss. He waited for holes to open up, and he followed his blockers. And then once he got into space, he put some shifty moves on. A um, couple of things. You guys, I'm not going to touch on Starks, Lasseter. Those guys are dogs. They're awesome. Rosemary Jack Sam was fantastic. I had Bell and Cash as my dogs of the week. Um but, you know, two places that we we really give up a little bit, and it's the strength of the team, is the secondary. Uh, Dale and Everett had a tough day. Uh, he fell down on a big first down uh, conversion from South Carolina, and that happens. Um, but but there's a massive drop-off between Javon Bullard and Dave Daniel. I don't know his third name. Uh, he had a rough day. And when Bullard gets back, that secondary is Hands down, the best secondary in the country. Going to say, Bullard has also found himself on the Jason injury report, probably out this week too. Um, all hey, right, Jones, so real quick, uh, real quick, uh, for someone who bags on Coach Prime a lot, uh, the fact that Gans has his his uh, dogs of the day is a, a little hat tip to Coach Prime well, with I'll, his leaders and dogs. I'll say this, Lawrence, you are getting very good at these segues because what I was about to say is that you know, looking back over three weeks, the outline has been consistent in two areas. 
One, of course, being the George game. Number two, Coach Prime and the Buffaloes have been a top story each week for us to discuss. Uh, Gans has made his opinions very well known about uh, Coach Prime. He's waiting for him to do something uh, worthy of all the attention. But, my God, the eyes of the nation yet again are discussing Colorado. Game day's there. You know, you got dignitaries there. You got rappers there. You got people who can't even get tickets anymore to go to the games. It ends at 2 a.m. Eastern time, and people are up watching this double OT game. Uh, Lawrence, you like Coach Prime. Are you still just, you know, must-see TV for him? Coach Prime has turned uh, the Colorado Buffaloes into the U of 2023, the 1980 Ooh, good analogy. I University that. of Miami with, the, with everybody on the sidelines, the celebrities, the actors. Uh, and right now, he is he his ass is cashing checks that his mouth is writing. He's doing a damn good job. Um, you know, they they uh, we, we'll get into this a little bit with the sucker, but which was a loser. But we'll get into that. But the other game I did like was Colorado State. I thought everyone was overhyping Colorado. I thought they would get into a little bit of a dogfight with the Rams, especially with all. I mean, they were hyping this thing up like it was a WWE pay per view all week long. It delivered. Um, I do think the uh, the fairy tale ends this weekend, though. As they travel to Eugene, Oregon, they they're missing Travis Hunter. He's out three to four weeks on what was a really dirty hit, in my opinion. Um, and uh, they're twenty one point underdogs going to face Dan Lanning in the Ducks. So way to really go out on a limb there and say the fairy tale ends this week as a twenty one point uh, underdog. Um, <laughs> you know, listen, I. I Dale, <laughs> Yeah, so two yeah, two analogies, and one I totally agree with, and I thought was a good one. WWE primetime Raw main event. Uh, the second one I thought was terrible was comparing them to the U. Well, they've got the swag and they've got the attention. They don't have the football team. You know? Again, they, what were they? Twenty? I think what was it? Twenty two and a half points this week. Something uh, like that. Yeah, I don't know much about Colorado State. I did watch the first half, and they're definitely hanging in with them. Um, listen, I give uh, Dion all the credit in the world. He might win an Emmy this year uh, as as coach of the year, even though he told us he was coach of the year, apparently on, on 60 Minutes on Sunday night. Uh, I, I don't see it. Um, I've, I've said all I've, I've said enough. There's no need to beat a dead horse. Uh, I can't wait to talk about this one next week. And if I'm wrong and then go into Eugene, Oregon and beat him, I'll send Coach Prime a, a handwritten apology letter. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you a Buffalo hat and some Coach Prime blenders. It could be look like you caught you Washington D.C. on January 6th. His glasses aren't bad. He sold. I saw something more to my point. If he's a circus clown, uh, he, he's now he's selling those sunglasses, and apparently they made a million and a half dollars. Blenders, blenders, yeah, yeah a million bucks in, uh, in sunglasses. Dude, so, good, good the guy's him. all over the place. He's great. All right, so so we will we will have him on the outline for sure. Week four, let's see what happens. Uh, again, Dan Lanning, friend of the show. We like Oregon. This is a this is a tough matchup. I don't know where I'm going with this one. One quick thing before we move off of him, and I don't know the answer, so I'll, I'll put it out there for the fact checkers. And I didn't see this live, but apparently in overtime, Coach Prime decided to take the ball first. Correct. Correct. Yeah, well, that's kind of coaching malpractice, but uh, they got the win. Yeah. yeah no one ever said he was going to be the best X's and O's and strategic guy, but we'll we'll get to him next week. All right. Um, Sunbelt Billy. I mean, we've been dogging him. We've been dogging the Gators. Um, prime time. We discussed this last week. Tennessee, Florida. Um, that wasn't close, guys. I mean, the t- Florida came out and kicked him in the face, and Sunbelt Billy got his signature win. The swamp was rocking. Uh, Heupel got pantsed. Um, I don't know. What do we think? 
Larry uses the analogy on Joe Milton of uh, AR, or I'm sorry, AR15, and it, it's not a bad analogy. I, I'm, I'm pretty crit, uh, I critique your analogy. It's not a terrible one. I think where you're, I don't think he's nearly as good as AR15. It's the problem. Um, AR15 had could show flashes of brilliance. He got picked fourth overall. That we don't need to get into that. But Milton cannot hit a guy ten yards in front of him. The guy can throw the ball 150 yards. He cannot hit someone in front of him. And I've never seen him more just watching it. First of all, the Zebras were terrible in that game. Tennessee, they have a lot to gripe about. But they gave the Zebras so many opportunities. They're the most undisciplined team I've ever seen in a half of football. Uh, they deserve to lose. I'm not in on Florida. I don't think Florida's back. I think Tennessee was terrible from what I watched. I was into the vodka a little bit. You know, I'm going to mention that. <laughs> that was the first time I have actually seen the – Go out there, clap your hands, try and draw them off sides before calling a timeout on fourth down. Actually work. Right. Um, so yeah. I don't know if it's a case of Florida actually being better than we originally thought or Tennessee laying an absolute egg. I thought Tennessee being a touchdown favorite going down to the swamp was also a sucker bet. I did say on the on the Facebook page to to take Florida. I just personally couldn't I couldn't stomach doing it because I can't I can't bet on Sunbelt Billy. Um, I think that uh, to steal a phrase from my esteemed colleague here, the shine may be off the turd of Mr. Heupel. He uh, he he did not have his boys ready to play on Saturday night. And I think it underscores what we've been saying a lot about the the conference as a whole this year. It's just down. I mean, it's just down, down, down. Um, as evidenced by Alabama barely surviving their trip to Tampa, which we discussed a lot. Like, made no sense. It was just, it was a weird. A weird thing to begin with for them going down there. There's discussion about for recruiting purposes, whatever. Either way, like it can't be three to three at the half, right? Um, Bama can't be figuring out their quarterback situation three deep against against South Florida. So that's a problem. Uh, I read today that Saban's going back to the original quarterback, Milrow. Um, probably the best bet. I didn't see the other two play, but they must suck ass too. How many times have we said it? We called that this was a uh, season preview prediction as well, that not just, you know, the 22-man uh, roster, tw- starting 22, is that you, you got two quarterbacks, you got three quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. And, and you know, Milrow's not good, uh, nor are the other guys. Uh, Alabama might – I said 9-3 and three to 11-1. and one. We'll find out a lot more about them this week when they play Ole Miss. And – Speaking of circus clients, but one that could actually coach, Lane Kiffin is absolutely hysterical. And uh, did you hear he said they're not um, they're not prepping against? Uh, why am I blanking on the Kevin um, Steele? Kevin Steele's defense. They're prepping for Tavares Robinson, uh, and everything they've seen on film looks like Tavares Robinson's calling the plays. I mean, he's such a troll, and I love it. I don't know what the line is, Larry. Maybe maybe you do, but. Uh, um, Ole Miss got a shot this weekend. I wrote it. I wrote it down. I think, uh, gosh, I thought I wrote it down. I think Bama's minus. I think Bama's favored by a touchdown, which is also a weird line. Um, I almost almost think for one second that Saban is actually trolling the Bama message boards and is like, oh, you don't like Jalen Milrow? Well, I'm going to go and play a whole game with these other turkeys, and we're going to see what happens. Then you'll see that Miller is actually the best quarterback we got, which is also a problem. Um, But uh, Bama's – they're – they're in trouble, man. Their offensive line, not not just the quarterbacks, but their offensive line looked awful. Um, they, they're not in a good spot right now. We said that after the Texas game, how soft that they look in the trenches on both sides of the ball, which is not something you would ever see from Alabama. Um, they're going to Ole Miss. Texas A&M always plays them tight, you know, um, 
I think Auburn Auburn's in for some trouble, you know, coming up. But but they've got they've got some tough games. Do you see the play where the the kid from USF just trucked Caleb yeah. Downs, the five star recruit, just put him right on his rear end? Bama fans are legit concerned. They are legit concerned. They have every right to be. So let's see how it plays out with Ole Miss this week. Um, it's gonna be a fun one to watch too. I'm with you, Gans. I love I love Lane Kiffin and. You know, the idea of Saban losing two weeks in a row or two out of three weeks, I guess, to, to old assistants was um, a tough pill for them to swallow. But let's see what happens. Um, FSU, again, a darling of the media, you know, top top ranked team. They go up to Matt Ryan's home of Boston College and barely escape with a W. Again, that word parody. I mean, these teams are just close. They got Clemson this week, which I'm really interested to see how that game plays out. Um I can kind of see Clemson. I mean, it's at home. I can kind of see Clemson beating them and just kind of flipping the whole uh, narrative. What do y'all think? Hey, what do you think the point spread is for that game? I think it's Clemson minus three. I have no idea. Florida State's minus one and a half against a team that lost to Duke. Which means no one has any idea. Yeah, you get the three points for home field advantage, so it's a toss-up. Yep. Um, I, I listen. I think FSU was, was buying into their own hype. That was another game that I thought was a little bit fishy. Uh, BC's not good. I think they struggled with Holy Cross the week before some other some other school. Uh, and, and quite frankly, BC had a chance to actually win that game at the very end. There was a face mask call or something with a clock runoff and, and ended the whole thing. Um, again, all these teams just kind of seem to be equal. There's no great team out there. Well, I know I'm going off script here right now, but who's your top four like as of today? Not who are your playoff teams, but who's your top four as of today? That's a great question. Uh, I think I have to go Georgia, Texas, FSU, and Colorado. Oh, Colorado. And, uh, <laughs> I think it's those three, and I put USC in over Colorado. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to change a lot. I think Georgia is is the only one that's kind of – I mean, we're homers, of course, but I don't trust any of the other teams. Do you all? Well, Michigan and Ohio State haven't done any. I mean, they've been just as lackadaisical, maybe that's the right word, as as the dogs have been. Um, so, you know, they haven't shown anything. Uh, on paper, they're great. Everybody likes to talk about how good they are. You know, a team, and I haven't watched any of their games, but uh, Washington's getting a lot of hype, too. Penix, Michael Penix. He's a front runner along with Sanders for um, the Heisman. You got to be very careful when you say his name, though. Correct, correct, correct. <laughs> Back to the outline, though. Good job bringing in Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State because we were discussing how they've been, you know, kind of quietly going along, nothing impressive. They're all unbeaten. They're probably the class of the Big Ten. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see them play somebody to, you know, to see what they're all about. But, I mean, we kind of talk about Michigan and Ohio State every week. I mean, have we learned anything about them so far, quarterway of the season? No. I think we'll, we'll learn a little bit about Ohio State this weekend. They got Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's better this year than they have been in years past. Sam Hartman is a legit good quarterback. Um, that one is uh, Ohio State's minus three and a half against Notre Dame. Penn State plays Iowa. Um, Brian Ferentz still has to average 25 points a game to keep his job. Uh, Penn State screwed me on the sucker bet this past week. They looked horrible. Uh, the only thing that saved them is that uh, – Bielema in the fighting line are even worse. They don't know how to play offense. Um, but we'll see. We'll learn a little bit about Penn State this week. I was a tough, a tough out um, in the Ohio State Notre Dame game. Should be pretty interesting because Notre Dame gave them everything they could handle and more last year. And uh, they're a better team this year with a better quarterback. I watched that Penn State uh, Illinois game, a decent amount of it. It was some 
awful football. Um, I think Illinois quarterback threw 17 interceptions. It was terrible. Uh, I'm rooting for Ohio State this weekend, and, and here's the reason. I know we, we tend to not love Ohio State. I get so sick of the Notre Dame hype train. If they win this game, that's all you're going to hear is just go ahead and put them in the playoff, Notre Dame, if they win if they win this weekend. So I'm going to root for Ohio State, I, and then you know they've got to go to the big house. They'll lose to Michigan. I'd assume what either Michigan or Ohio State's going to be in. I'm fine with that, uh, but let's just knock Notre Dame out and be done with them. See, I take the other side of that. I just assume let Notre Dame be the darlings and end up in the finals. In oh, the I'd, ra- I'd rather play them than Ohio State. I mean, that's a fair point. You know, fr- frankly, if I'm looking at it from that from those lenses, but yeah, I don't want to hear about any of that crap anyway. Uh, Lawrence, I gotta say, man, I feel like you're on tilt a bit from the sucker bet. You just it feels <laughs> like you're, you know, kind of bobbing and weaving and trying to get your footing back. So last week another L, which puts you in a a losing streak, as they say. So. Two game losing streak will do it to you. So here's where here's where I'm frustrated. Is there was four games that I was looking at last week, the one that I picked and posted and put put the the Kessler brand behind was the one that lost. The other three all covered. And so uh, the, hey, them's the breaks. That's what happens when you gamble. Um, but I've looked at a few games this week. There's a couple games already that jump off the board, even though we're early in the week, and um, there's still you know the, the 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 bets have have yet to fully roll in. But a couple lines that I looked at. Um, that are drawing my attention. One is Oklahoma is going on the road to Cincinnati Bearcats. Cincinnati lost to Miami of Ohio last week. They have a new coach this year. They're not a very good team. Uh, and they're plus 14 and a half against Oklahoma. Oklahoma flying under the radar a little bit. I think they're getting a lot of hype. And I do think that number is, uh, there's a lot of bets coming on Oklahoma. I think I like Cincy at home in that game. Um, the other line for our Georgia Bulldogs, we are a 41 and a half point favorite. Um, and I think people are jumping all over UAB right now because A, we got so many injuries. B, we don't look good right now in the first half and it takes a little bit. I kind of think, actually, I feel really good that the dogs just lay it to UAB this weekend and cover that number. Um, but the game that I'm going to pick is the sucker bet of the week right now is uh, I'm going to take Clemson at home. Um, I'm going to take the one and a half. And uh, they're going to upset FSU. Um, I, I'm going to take the points, but I do think they pull off the W in Death Valley. That'd be a good money line bet, too, I bet. I don't know yeah, what that yeah. is, but, but it probably is. the odds aren't going to really do much for you. You'll get a little bit out of it. But uh, if you're going to take the one and a half, you might as well take uh, you might as well take the money line. Right. Yeah. We'll give you my retort real fast. I don't want to eat up too much time. Um, the first one, I like Oklahoma. So I would, I, if you did play that one, I would take Oklahoma. They haven't done anything. I get that. But uh, I just don't see Cincinnati. So I'm not going to touch the, the Georgia one because I can't take UAB and then you know kind of root against you there. And then the last one, I don't know. Is that really a sucker bet? That doesn't seem like a sucker bet to me when it's basically a, uh, you know, one and a half point spread. So I'm just going to criticize you regardless. <laughs> hey, Larry's rules, Larry's game, Larry's, uh, you know, he's, Larry's locked in, he's locked in at one and a half as a production time Monday evening. If the line moves, you're still, you're, you're getting one and a half. Well, let's shine the light on you, Mr. Jimbo of the, of the week. And let's let Lawrence criticize. If you actually just somebody that qualifies, what you got? Yeah. Well, there's a lot. It's going to be though. I bet you're, you're predictable. I know here Jimbo's going to be already. Why don't you write it down on a piece of paper right now? Or type it on your phone right now, and then and, and we're going on the honor system here. All yeah, right, we so, got, we, hey, we're we're on video. He can just show it up after you're done. After, yeah, I know, but I don't want him to change it because I can't see what he's writing. Um, all right, 
So uh, there was a lot to work with this week, and, and the candidates are as such. We've actually mentioned all three of the candidates thus far. Uh, first was Spencer Rattler uh, for his post-game comments talking about how they should have won the game. Um, don't really need to rehash this, but the game is 60 minutes, and if we're playing shoulda, coulda, woulda, Georgia could have won by 35, and they could have buried you in the dirt. Your offensive line is trash. He did play a pretty decent game in the first half, but that's just a ridiculous, stupid statement. The second one, um we, we've talked about is is your man coach prime and the reason that coach prime is a nominee this week uh is he spent a good at least an hour on tv pregame uh and that was live he obviously filmed 60 minutes this week he's been selling sunglasses but probably the worst thing he did and not even as bad as that stupid uh call um on uh on in overtime was he got his best player killed and and what do i mean by that all of the crap talk the shit talk that was a blatant cheap shot on Travis Hunter, and that was all because payback to, to all the crap that they've been hearing all week. And, and so I, I wholeheartedly believe that he owes Travis Hunter four games and potentially a new lung. Uh, but this week's Jimbo of the Week that we did discuss is one Josh Heupel um, for <laughs> – <laughs> uh, Josh Heupel for a timeout with five seconds left in the game causing a brawl and probably getting half of his team suspended. Uh, not to mention the terrible performance as a coach and, and how undisciplined they, they look, but just calling that timeout, literally causing a brawl when you're down by, what were they down by 16 or something like that? You're going to be playing without players this week, and you, sir, are the idiot Jimbo of the week. Keeping it in the conference, I like it. And for those listening on the podcast, yes, indeed, Lawrence showed his uh, handwritten guess, and he got it. He knows you, dude. He knows you. Um, all right, so so Georgia obviously has UAB this week. You, the line's huge. It's the third of you know third game out of four. That's you know what are you going to say? Uh, we touched on the injury report, the Jason injury report. Uh, Ron Corson told Kirby what this was the longest injury list that we've ever seen uh, in Athens. So the names like on there. I mean, Mims. What's that? Like Jamon Davis Johnson. Like, that's right. So so Mims um, as out with the the a tightrope surgery, which that's a. I hadn't really heard that before, but um, ankle problems seem to be what's the recurring theme. Um, Bullard's is an ankle. Ron Burgundy's an ankle. Ladd, he's still he's still going to be out. Milton MCL. Seaside Sperlin, Larry. Seaside Sperlin's still out. So we're gonna have to make a phone call get the inside report on that one. Yeah, we got to get these guys right. Um, another game where you probably won't need them. Well, not probably. You won't need them. Don't push it. Uh, I'm with you guys. I'd like to see a start a little bit faster. I'd like to see a crisper first half. Um, I'd like to see it, people, you know, the game end with no new injuries. Uh, Lawrence, I kind of disagree with you. I don't think this is going to be a game that we win by 40-something points. It's just not in our DNA to do it. We're not going to put the tape out there to do it. Um, maybe our third string and fourth string get some mop-up points and we get there. But uh, let's just have a clean, crisp game. Let's make some field goals if we have to settle for them. Um, let's get out of there and let's move towards Auburn, which I see is now a what a three thirty start in two weeks. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and one one of the things that we didn't touch on a little bit, which I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, is the fact that Kirby and his staff are so good at making halftime adjustments. And that we we inferred it by talking about how the slow start in the first half and kicking ass in the second half, but this team repeatedly repeatedly goes into the locker room. They make the right adjustments. I don't know what needs to be said or what is said at halftime. It's probably a little bit of uh, colorful language, and maybe we'll get a leaked report. Uh, but Kirby and his staff do an awesome job. They're going to have these guys ready to play, even if it is UAB. 
Um, you know, hopefully we see Marvin Jones Jr. this week. We didn't see him last week. Um, ease some of these guys back in. And Josh, so I do agree with you. Like the number seems crazy. Like, why would we cover 41 and a half when we got 85,000 guys injured? Which means makes me think it's going to be a 45 to nothing game. I all right. I wrote down my score just in case you took it. I, I actually think that we're going to come out. We're going to throw the ball. They're going to try to get some confidence and in, in, uh, check down Charlie and uh, just let let him let it rip. Um, I got 50, 55 to six dogs. It's backwards. Uh, but I, I think they got to build some confidence. They've got to get these guys, you know, humming on all cylinders. I feel bad for Trent Dilfer, the coach of the UAB. Is it still the Blazers? I don't know. Uh, UAB Blazers. So I'm gonna call them Blazers. We call them Blazers. I'm gonna call them Blazers. I think dogs throttle 55 to six this weekend. You remember uh, a uh, UG or a UAB a transfer that was a great bulldog not too long ago? Yeah, yeah, Jake Gainis. Yeah, he was a good transfer when they folded the program a couple what, years back. What was Roddy White UAB? Right. Yeah. So they got they got some guys. Uh, you know, what I want to see guys. I want to see the damn Atlanta Braves shake off this hangover from their celebration in Philadelphia Thursday night. What did those guys do? Or was it Thursday or Wednesday? What did those guys do in Philadelphia? Because the champagne they popped and the tequila they drank and whatever the hell else they did up there. Um, I get it. Have some fun. Take a day or two off. But this is this is getting to be a problem. We're, we're It's Monday night recording. They're getting their ass kicked again tonight unless they made a comeback while we're recording. Uh, we got to tighten this up. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, listen, uh, I agree. But let's let's peak in about what's today the 18th, two weeks. Start peaking. You got to get back in form. But uh, yeah, so let's let's leave some uh, uh, what do they call it? arrows in the quiver for October. I'm with you, gentlemen. Good time as always. About there listening on the podcast. Appreciate you watching on the YouTube's. Thank you very much. Uh, everybody have a great week. Go dogs. I'm very interested to see how these games play out, and we will see y'all next week. So go dogs. Get well soon, Nick Chubb. Go dogs. Yeah, let's say that too. I mean, we love Nick Chubb, bad injury in Monday Night Football, too early to speculate, but uh, we love you, Nick, and sending prayers out. So uh, talk to you next week. Till then, keep chopping. Later, guys. See you guys.